welcome to this week's episode of A Photographic Life, the second part in a special three-part mini-series dealing with the state of photography. This week, we deal with the present. Well, the present. Where are we with photography? What a big question. Certainly one I can't answer in just one short podcast. Therefore, what I decided to do when dealing with the present was to think about the ways in which photographers earn money. I don't think there's a bigger conversation at the moment around that. If you want to be a photographer, how do you fund that occupation? Now, a lot of photographers have turned to the idea of selling their work, selling prints. It's something which I spoke to Peter Fetterman about in a previous podcast. We tried in that episode to open up the world of selling prints to try and bring some clarification. Where once photographers could rely upon being commissioned, today it's far more difficult. The budgets have dropped. The work isn't there. The magazines are closing. And what this has meant is a lot of photographers having to reposition themselves through personal work, which is now possible thanks to digital technology, but also using that word artist. That word then takes them away from the commissioned environment and places them within the gallery perspective. And perhaps that's where we should start. Now, last week I began with reading something from a previous uh, issue of the British Journal of Photography from approximately uh, 50-odd years ago. Well, I'm going to do the same this week, but instead of what I did last week, which was to read the editor's letter, this week I'm going to read a letter to the editor. And uh, it's from E.J. Gleeson from Wanstead in London, E12, from the British Journal of Photography, 20th of December, 1974. And E.J. says this. When I saw the Photographer's Gallery exhibition, I noticed a series of pictures hanging in very close proximity to the exhibition prints. These pictures were up for sale, and in order that the photographer might obtain an inflated price for his work, they were being sold in a limited edition. Have you ever heard anything so ridiculous? Photographic reproductions from a negative can be obtained in almost inexhaustible numbers, and the process by which they are arrived at is, although a skilful one, largely a mechanical process." Why then do prints cost £60, and why are they manufactured in a limited edition? Such pseudo-artistic carry-ons are obnoxious in their misuse of the medium, and the manipulation of such a contrived market is, in principle, as immoral as the manipulation of the property market by the speculators. Forgive me if I have wandered too far away from the theme, but I cannot help wondering how long it will be before we see Don McCullen and Hiroshi Hamaya offered for sale in limited editions. It seems to me that this is the sort of thing which we encourage by hanging their pictures in galleries to be viewed in reverent and glorious isolations. 
Photographers must learn that they are not, and I think should not, be fine artists. They are communicators, and as such should strive with all their ingenuity and the ingenuity of their fellow communicators in allied fields to convey the truth as they see it to as large an audience as is humanely possible. I just think that's a very interesting uh, thought process theme that was being addressed all the way back in 1974. Now, why is that relevant to today? Well, just the other day I uh, was looking at Instagram and uh, something which obviously Mr. Gleason would have been completely unaware of all those uh, years ago. And the photographer Nick Knight posted something which to me was directly connected what to what uh, that letter to the editor was saying. Now, I don't think anybody can describe Nick Knight as not being forward thinking. He's incredibly innovative in his work, in his understanding of photography, not only as a fashion photographer, but as a communicator, as a portrait photographer. His showstudio.com, I think, is a must-go-to for any photographer, whatever area of practice you're working in. And he's been working on that now for oh, roughly 23 years. So Nick is always ahead of the game. But he posted this, and I thought it was very interesting. I say it was on Instagram. It may have been on threads. In fact, I think it was on threads. If you're not on threads, check it out. But anyway, uh, Nick said this. It's always been my belief that as an artist, one should not create work for an audience, but wholly for oneself. However, that doesn't make sense for most of the arts. If you're an actor or a singer, how miserable it feels performing to an empty auditorium. Hence, the power and the satisfaction of social media is in part the direct relationship with our followers. Compare that to a photographer before the internet where there was an absolutely no contact with one's audience. I'm torn, question mark, exclaimer, question mark. So I think what Nick's uh, kind of addressing there is this issue about audience. And I think that's one of the issues that we're talking about with the state of photography today. The audience has changed, but so has our method of communication with that audience. The audience, I would argue, has always been important. However, I think it was far more uh, broken up as an understanding. The artist was very much in one corner whilst the photographer was in the other. Where we are today is that those two things have merged and it's completely up to you how you choose to describe yourself. Personally, I don't use the word artist. I use the word photographer. I find the word artist somewhat confusing Unless, of course, you're working in multiple medium. And then that seems to me to be fine. The painter, the sculptor can be an artist, but they can also be a painter or a sculptor. And I think that's what goes back to Gleason's slightly sort of uh, blinkered view. Although I do agree with the idea of the communicator. So in essence, nothing has changed. And as we were talking about in the last episode, these themes that 
have been there for a long time, are still there. They're still as relevant today. We cannot be an artist, as Nick uh, was saying, or a photographer, and necessarily exist without some kind of feedback loop, some way of getting some kind of commentary on our work, some validation for our work, some praise for our work. We all need a little bit of praise. And that validation used to come from being commissioned. The moment you were commissioned, somebody was saying, yes, I like your work enough that I am willing to give you more work, but also I'm going to pay you for it. And that felt good. And the moment that that commissioning disappears or reduces, maybe we don't feel quite as good about ourselves. Maybe we need that validation, that audience elsewhere. And I think a lot of photographers today are struggling with that. There's a lot of mixed messaging going on that likes are important, that followers, uh, follower numbers, I should say, on social media platforms are important. But in reality, we all know that they're not. So where does that leave the photographer today? Well, I suppose in a sense, we've moved no further forward. I still hear of cliques about people talking about art photography or commissioned photography, of people involved in art photography looking down on commissioned photography because of that belief that it's just connected with making money and that that's a bad thing. I don't think it is. And I think the state of photography is where we are today is that these things have converged but once again, I'm going to turn to the past and to another letter to the British Photographic, I should say the British Journal of Photography, um, from the 20th of August 1976 this time. It's a letter by Brian Traeger to the magazine um, from Havelock Road in Brighton in Sussex. And uh, he can, uh, he's saying this, he, he's talking about the, the fact that he's had some photographs, uh, which he's entered to a photographic competition, which is another element that we can discuss. And um, his response to why the work hasn't um, been accepted, I think is, is rather telling. He says this, I can only deduce that I was turned down because my photographic samples submitted were commercial rather than arty. I was not aiming to produce works of art, but reviews of the aims and work of childcare agencies with commentaries spoken by their senior staff and illustrations that might reveal a little of where they fall short in attaining their aims, as well as where they succeed material for discussion, in fact, with all due allowance for inflated self-esteem. I just cannot see how anybody could be better suited to carry out such a project than a trained and experienced professional photographer with a degree in sociology and 12 years experience of lecturing in further education. And I cannot conceive of a project that would more clearly be of direct social benefit. Now, I think what's interesting there about what Brian is talking about is I see a lot of work like that, and I'm sure you do too, which is described today as contemporary art practice. 
Now, what we're talking about there, of course, is the changing role of art. Or perhaps it's not the changing role, perhaps it's the understanding of what art is that has changed. Where perhaps uh, Mr. Traeger was thinking of art as being very much in kind of a pictorialist sense, perhaps in a romantic sense. And the work that he was creating from what I can understand there is very much from a documentary perspective. And that's where we're seeing, I think, a big convergence today between documentary and contemporary art practice. Now, please be aware of me using that phrase, contemporary art practice, and not fine art photography. Fine art photography, I think, is something completely different that seems to feel a need to ape the... uh, the painterly Victorian, perhaps slightly chocolate boxy approach of uh, the of the artist that you're not an artist unless you are actually creating work that reflects what the popular perception is of art. Now, I don't want to go down rabbit holes here. I want to try and keep this as kind of accessible as possible. I'm aware that these terminologies and these thought processes may appear slightly academic, but I think they're very, very relevant to the working photographer today. You might think, oh no, that's what happens in universities. But I can tell you that a lot of people who are commissioning photography today are looking for personal work. They are looking for people who are going to make them look good. And that so often means people with a name and that name today, like with Nick Knight, who is working and exhibiting work in gallery spaces, exhibition spaces, innovative spaces, as well as accepting commissions from all manner of major international fashion brands. He's not the only one, of course. We know of many other photographers from Martin Part and Nadav Kanda. Uh, who accept commissions as well as see their work in the museums and galleries. So that earlier letter talking about Don McCullen, somebody again who is selling prints and exhibiting work, that earlier letter in a sense was, was right in what was going to happen. However, what I'm trying to do is to bring a positive spin to where photography is today. So where is it today in the present? Well, as I said last week, I think it's still dealing with the same themes. Nothing has changed. However, the way in which we respond to those themes, I think, can be very different today. And it needs to be, because the environment which photographers work in has changed. And we cannot keep clinging on to the fact of how it was or some desire that it's going to go back to that, because it isn't. So, from my perspective, we're in a position of convergence, where everything has come together where mutual respect should be paid to all forms of photographic practice. And there's absolutely no reason why, as a working photographer, we shouldn't engage in different areas of practice. But also, I think, most importantly, we should respect those other areas of practice. We should read about them. We should look at them. We should engage with them. We don't have to like them, but we do need to be aware of them. 
So where is photography today? I think it's in a state of awareness. Now, in preparation for this uh, particular episode, and yes, I do prepare. It may not always sound like it, but I do. I do always do a lot of reading and looking around. I noticed that there are a, a number of conferences that have occurred over the last couple of years and months dealing with the state of photography and where it is now. What I've noticed is that they have very much focused on similar themes, particularly about gender awareness, ethics, uh, the importance uh, of getting uh, a very diverse photographic community together. And all of these things are really good and they're really important. I've chosen not to deal with those because I want to try and deal with the bigger picture. What is the big umbrella that sits over those issues that we know need to be addressed? For me, if we understand where these themes are, if we understand that they're not new, got, we've got the power, we've got the energy, we've got the understanding to actually address them. But at the end of the day, the only person who can really do that is you. Next week, we will deal with the future. Take care. <laughs>